This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. I hate to see it. Waste of potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. I'm drunk for this episode, so that should be yeah, fine. This is good too, yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Let's get okay. into it. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors. We're worse. I'm Clarabel Ortega. I'm Ryan LaSalle, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. Yes. Oh, it's my turn. Today's episode is... Few, but, oh, wait. Goodbye. <laughs> Today's episode... <laughs> Of Model Ed by Tarbet. Wait, no, not again. <laughs> One more talk. Cut, cut all of this, Ryan. Today's episode is Chapter 22 of Model Ed by Tara Banks. Fused flashback females. Ooh, Ugh, wow. I hate saying that word. Yeah. <laughs> Fused or flashbacks or females? Females. females. Like, usually I would not use that uh, word, but... Here we are. A charged word. So, so quickly before we get started, I just want to say I know that some words were thrown around last episode. I felt pretty, uh, I was, I was pretty, uh, steamed up by the last chapter. I've calmed down. It's actually only a few minutes after we recorded that episode. The only <laughs> thing that's different is that I've had a small snack and I'm a little bit drunker. A little drunker. So, a little drunker. We should, though, just for anybody that did opt out of the last episode, a really quick recap that will be safe for anybody with sensitivities around, like, food descriptions and disordered eating is basically Tookie and the girls go to a class in which they're taught about lessons of consumption and the professor sort of points out their varying eating habits does encourage them to find balance in their eating habits and um you know not starve themselves not binge and then um they're brought into a cafeteria where Toki has prolonged eye contact with the hot boy of model land whose name is bravo and he sort of singles her out of all of the other girls in the room and like gives her a stare so a lot more happens in the episode if you want to check it out you know feel free use your discretion but we don't want you to to be <laughs> out of sorts yeah. in the things safety to first safety first. And, yeah, safety first i don't think any of those details are going to come in handy because nothing ends up connecting so you can skip it if you don't want to anyhow now we can get to chapter 22 which 
is also a mess, but not as dangerous. No. <laughs> not a lot. I feel like not a lot happens in this episode. That's like very important, but it it, it is very strange. So we basically pick up right where we left off, which I'm grateful for. (laughs) So many times model land is like, and then she saw the man with a hook for a hand. And then it'll be like, Chucky was skipping to the library. will be like the, the next beginning of the chapter. And it's like, what the fuck happened to the man with the hook? That doesn't actually happen. It's just an example, but no, it's, but one... it did happen last chapter. Like right. there are oftentimes pivotal things that like it's Tookie just sort of does in between the chapters, which is really weird for a right. main character. Like a chapter will end and she'll be like, and then this is what happened last time. She was like, and Sarpeza had stolen her centura chapter. The next chapter starts with Tookie went and she got her centura back. Like we don't know how doesn't matter. That's off the page. But things do miss... We we sort of miss out on those things. But no, this time we are starting right where we left off. And they're heading to their next class. And the entire time I'm thinking, they're covered in food. Like, they're covered in food. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) Our favorite mine. my fucking cowboy boots. (laughs) Disgusting. They're covered in food. And, like... when I tell you so many things about this book make me gag. So Tookie's favorite food is like whipped cream. So she was eating yep. whipped cream in the last chapter and there is like green whipped cream on her face because it's like described as having snot in it. Yeah. Like literal boogers. Oh, right. Because basically Bravo. So we left off with Bravo like making eye contact at her. And as it turns out, he basically like taps his nose to indicate that Tookie has like a booger coming out of it, which is actually whipped cream, but it's a slime green booger. It doesn't make much sense. But the point is, it's a moment of humiliation for Tookie. She thought she had the hot guy's attention, but actually he was just indicating that there was like something grotesque about her and everyone laughs because they're like, ha ha ha, like... You're gross, you're gross. More <laughs> more of this kind of stuff. Right. And Zarpez is like, of course he's looking at her. It's because she has a giant head, everyone. Can't you see? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, let's see what happens. Oh, okay. So then, I mean, that, that just wraps up. Mm. Chase makes a comment about wanting to shake her breasts at boys. Yeah, um, she wanted to per- splash them. She wanted to flash them. Um, and then per- Persimmon, who's the mannequin of the Belladonna who is not really attending to the Belladonna, she's mostly attending to Tookie, is like, come on, girls, it's time for your next class. And she brings them to this base, like, this this building, this giant building that's breathing. And people sit at reception desks that are shaped like H's and O's and A's, but they're all, like, shifting around and rearranging. And Zarpesa kindly says, oh, I know where we are. It's the ooh-ah. Ugh. So it's basically a salon, right? It's like a spa spa. type of situation. And they're there for like treatment. Like it's like the Wizard of Oz moment when Dorothy gets her hair in prom curls. And um, they're broken into groups of three. And each of them is like led by a mannequin. And each mannequin is like a color that's like a team. I don't think that really matters at all. So this part, of course, there always has to be something that makes me feel uncomfortable in every chapter like i have not been able to escape but the girls go into a room everyone's naked and like like tookie is with 
Dylan and who's the other girl that she's with? Camelini. Uh, Camelini. And all three of them are like, I do not want to get naked. Like, I feel yeah. uncomfortable. And they're like, too bad. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get to that, that that is, I want to talk about a thing that happens right after that. Mm-hmm. But I also want to mention that all the walls are made out of like cashmere. And oh, Toki right. does have this moment of when she's like, wow. Well, first of all, they're like, who would make walls out of cashmere? And is like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that would be such a freaky thing to do. I'd never. And it's, like, notable. So we know something's going to happen with Camelini. And then Toki remembers that cashmere. Why would she cash- even say that? No <laughs> yeah, why? It's so stupid. But Wait, then Toki's- this is not oh. for the podcast, but has my jaw always been this good? Your jaw looks great. Damn, bitch! You look the wonderful. Fuck? She's cut. She's anyway. <laughs> so... I'm leaving that in. Anyways, so <laughs> Clarabelle interrupts my cashmere assessment to talk about their I'm jawline. Sorry, my jaw is but fucking Toki, you, you look good. You look really good. <laughs> Toki has a moment where she like feels cashmere walls and is like, "Oh, Creamy had a cashmere dress," and she's like, "What is she doing right now? Does she miss me at all?" And we just like move on. So once again, we sort of get like a quick hint that maybe there's some homesickness going on, but Toki does not dwell on it because again, this book is not from her point of view. I it's have a from question. Tyrus. I have a question what? for you about those moments. And I only ask this because it is something that I recognize in my own writing when I was doing like first drafts as like a baby writer, when it was like, sure. I forgot to do certain things and I would add them in later on. But it was very hard for me to sort of like make them feel like an organic part of the story. So they very much felt like an afterthought. And whenever Tookie yeah. thinks of someone from her like home life in Peppertown all of three days ago, it does <laughs> not feel it doesn't feel organic. It feels like a one off, yeah. like very quickly, like, oh, I have to mention my mom. But yep. it doesn't it doesn't ring true to me. And I don't know if I'm being too hard on no, I don't think you are because you know what I've noticed about this? It's always the end of a paragraph. So y'all aren't reading this, but we are looking at it. Anytime these one-off things happen, it's tacked on to the end of the paragraph. Typically where, you know, not the topic of a sentence, like the topic sentence of a paragraph does not exist at the end of it. Paragraphs sort of start with their intention. And this is always the trail end. It's the last lingering tacked on thought. And then we move on from it immediately. And this is something to look out for in your own writing. If you're just sort of tacking things on to the end of passages, clearly the passage isn't probably about that thing. A better way to take like an insight for your character is to start a paragraph with that and then see where it leads you. Flesh it out. Run with it. Tyra's just tacking these on because someone's mentioning them and she's saying, okay, she just tacks it on and like she's a foolish person for doing so because it's really noticeable. Right, and she spends so much time describing, like, whipped cream that she doesn't <laughs> have time to, like, talk about, like, things that actually fucking matter, right? Um, right, so, right. So the girls are, like, stripped naked after all of this. like By random hands. Random Weird hands, random hands, like, reach again. out of the walls. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're reminiscent of the same hands that, like, change CL in the... Yeah. Um, and like the runaway moment. thing. They, they mm. remind me of the hands from um you remember like in Labyrinth, like the hands that are like you know, like they make the faces. These Famously are the hands. we watched Labyrinth together <laughs> yeah. and didn't finish because we fell asleep. Um Yeah, but they <laughs> literally the girls are like, Oh, we don't want to get dressed, and the hands are like too bad, strip them naked, and then they're put onto these like metal slabs where Toki looks up at the ceiling 
and there's some graffiti. And graffiti, giving, like, sort of key hints has been, like, a thing so far with Tyra's mm-hmm. writing. And this graffiti reads, Gina has two secrets. One, she hates CL. Two, it rhymes with destroy. What rhymes with destroy that Gina wants to keep secret? All I wrote down was bok choy. <laughs> That's probably another country in this yeah, world. Um, destroy? I don't know. It's probably so, going to be... May, could it be two words? Maybe maybe it's not one word. Are you looking up what rhymes with destroy? I Look did. I did. Rhymes with destroy. And like I was thinking like boy could be something like a boy. Instead of bok choy. Well, obviously it's not bok choy. But homeboy could be it. Cowboy. Annoy. Ball boy. Bat boy. Tomboy. Tolstoy. I, none of these are really Ta- fitting Tyra in. does not know who Tolstoy, Tolstoy is, first of all. <laughs> yeah, about, you know, maybe it's cowboy because the last teacher had a cowboy hat. Maybe she's secretly evil as the only yeah. like nice teacher. I don't know. But do we trust Tyra to know what a rhyme is? The answer is no. A, no. B, does this graffiti mean a damn thing? Probably not. Probably not. All right, all right. We're going to put this away. We're going to set it to the side. Um, so the next thing that happens is the, the girls are immediately <laughs> rocketed into the air. I can't. N- naked. They're covered in boots. So if you listen to the last episode, half of the chapter was lunch right this chapter the first very beginning is just a shower right it's just a shower <laughs> and i i the only way that i could sort of like describe to people what tyra's world building is like is that like you know how once in a while like tech bros are like what if there was a store <laughs> and ev- on every corner right and where you could shop for essential goods and they're on floating led lit shelves and maybe there's a cat you know and people are like you mean a bodega (laughs) (laughs) like something that already fucking exists that is what tyra's world building feels like to me a thing that already exists like a shower like lunch like any of the things that she described and changed pointlessly. An invisible yeah. bed. For why? Por quoi? Por qué? So. Okay. So, no, you're right. You're right. Because it, it's basically like, it's like a car wash. Like the, the girls go through like right. a car wash. They're like blasted with water and soap. And they like moan. They're having a great time. So, and this to me was a relief. I am someone, when I read books, because I have a lot of like, sensory stuff if I notice that someone touches something gross in a book and then doesn't wash their hands Ooh. I remember that and very rarely is an author going to spend time saying they then wash their like you know the character went to go wash their hands or something like that or if, even if a character is like oh my god like I think I smell bad or I'm like really sweaty like I chronicle that and then for the rest of the scene I'm like this person like how uncomfortable and so reading about all these like the stickiness of this book it's like i'm just so relieved that there's a shower we don't know that tookie took a shower at the beginning of this day we she did it i know she did it they would have described the fucking shower water i know (laughs) it tyra does not miss a moment to describe something pointless so she bitch has been stinky since she left (laughs) dirty girl in the yard is tookie okay yeah we know this so so, anyways by that 
you're you're absolutely right to do so. So <laughs> they then get to put on like little like spa outfits, the little terry cloth asymmetrical mini dresses, which I thought was really cute. I was like, oh, I actually want one of these. They say ooh on the front, on the back, and they then are like walked through these like breathing cloth hallways with. Lights, lanterns in every alcove, incandescent butterflies providing the light, the scent of blood oranges, heavy in the air. And I was like, this is beautiful. This sounds lovely. I love this. Um, They do walk by a room with an upper-class Bella. Upper-class Bella is all one word. Uh, She is in a room getting a pedicure, and she's demanding the walls show her different, like, images. Specifically a tropical island with pink sand and turquoise waves. And the the mannequin says that, oh, it's because the walls... Um, will reward, like, they'll basically fulfill your request, so they'll show you anything. I also noticed a typo in this section, but who cares? Let's just move on. There's a few actual, like, grammatical errors in this chapter, but I don't it know how matter. you can catch those, you're god, <laughs> because, like, the sheer amount of, like, shit hitting your eyes when you're reading this, it's, like, it's so much, it's so much. So to catch a grammatical error, that is amazing. Thank, and thank I took you. Thank so you. many notes, like, for the, the past two chapters, like, over, like, ten pages of notes. So there's just no way. <laughs> yeah, bless, bless you. Um, <laughs> Tookie is like, oh, the walls, like, will change to an environment. So she demands that they show her a whipped cream factory with an ocean outside. They do. And then this drove me insane. I cannot wait to hear your take on it. Um, Tookie, like, she's smiling at the vision. Tookie smiled shakily. She wished she wished Lizzie could see Goodbye. this. Exodus, she whispered. Exodus. <laughs> then we move I, on. I what so, so just a few minutes ago, I said <laughs> yeah. the whole thing about inserting shit in afterwards. Like everything when it comes to like her mom, her dad, her sister, who she's barely mentioned, um, her supposed best friend. It's like very much an afterthought in this book. Feels like it was added in later, and I really feel like those were moments that the editor did step in. Like, yeah, Tyra's editor and ghostwriter must have been fucking exhausted. Oh my gosh! Exhausted. Did they get a chance to go to the ooh ah spa? No, they, they deserve no. There is no way for this section. I just wrote sort of like a bracket and a question mark. Okay. <laughs> because it was like, what in the fuck? Like, seriously, like, why? Why is she... First of all, when it comes to, like, writing a teen and writing voice, like, you have to take that in mind when you are writing young adult. Like, that is so super important. Like, teens can clock things that don't feel authentic to them. Like, I feel like a lot of times people are like, this is not for teens. But, like, if it's not for teens, teens will tell us that because they are the best fucking judge of what speaks to them and what doesn't yeah Yeah. something like this like it doesn't ring true for an adult to say exodus 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 Exodus. like think about that in real life like (laughs) it just it doesn't work um trying to take any of this and thinking about it in real life is just it's gonna break my reality it's gonna cause a wandavision scenario so i'm not gonna do (laughs) i'm actually not gonna it's gonna break so the mannequin's like enough of that Let's go. Again, it's the last paragraph of, like, a passage. It's not its own thing. We just move on from it. They walk by basically a bunch of, like, scenes around the spot. A woman literally is having her face peeled off, and it's a face peel, like, pun intended. 
someone else is being crushed in a clamshell. I don't, it's, it doesn't God, make any I sense. God, I wish that were me. Someone, <laughs> someone is, someone's spine is literally being crushed by a giant rock and they're like, it's a hot stove treat. Like, the circus, like, all these sideshows, that's what I think of them as. All the sideshows of Tyra's imagination are, like, doing their, like, tricks and gimmicks. And finally, I think we get to the main thing of this, which right. I'm going to let you describe. So, um, so, so they're basically in therapy now. Like, all of a sudden, there are these, like, <laughs> mannequins that can, like, take them back into the past. And it's supposed to be, like, very therapeutic. And it's like, okay, I get it. But, like, usually, if you're in therapy, like, I don't know, like, any of our listeners who have been to therapy before, it usually takes a little while for you to, like, build up to, like, the moment of, like, your trauma, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. you have to trust your therapist. Like, there's all these different things that, like, go into that. But with this treatment, I'm doing air quotes, basically the Bellas are transported into, like, the most traumatic moment of their life for the most part, except for one moment, which we'll get to <laughs> in in a second. Um... So, and if one and they, of them chooses yeah. to go, all three of them have to go. They all have to go to therapy to get, it's like, it's a group therapy task. And it's not explained why. And like, they come <laughs> back after the first memory. So it's like, okay, so then why can't, why do they all have to go? Like, it, it makes no sense. Like she, like, this is like a heavy handed author moment, right? Um, yeah. These so, are, oh, by the way, these are the flashback females that we heard about. Right. right? The, the three, like, mannequins, they have big beehive hairdos that are, like, connected, ripping off the honeys by Ryan LaSala, but, you know, years prior. Everyone prior. go pre-order Anyways, it right now. Everyone go pre-order <laughs> so, Ryan will disintegrate if you don't. <laughs> I'm going to disintegrate no matter what by the end of this chapter, <laughs> so joke's on you. But these are the flashback females, and yeah, the fact that they have to all do it together is hysterical. It makes zero sense. Camelini's like, I don't really want to do this because she's ashamed. Camelini's getting some screen time here. And Dylan, Dylan's like, who are we to judge you? I live in a store. <laughs> Dylan, what the fuck? Basically same. Um, so, so they, so they go into, they go into Camelini's uh, memory first, right? And, yeah. And her secret, her big secret. What is it? She's rich. She's rich. <laughs> she's, she's embarrassed by how rich she is. Oh, suffering from success. Oh my God. Is this what Lady Gaga meant when she said nothing? The fame. It is. <laughs> um, so we see that like Camelini is like surrounded by poverty. Like she's very rich, but like not everyone around her is, but she's like a very good person. So her mom is famously like an actress. And so yeah. she got all the, this like poor, very poor big family parts in her mom's movie and like that's how she helped them like they're gonna work yeah. and like make money or whatever um and there's an accident and like some of them die all the of them set. die <laughs> every <laughs> single one died except for one orphaned girl goodbye so this was my <laughs> thought like Camelini obviously remembers this because the reason why she wears her like headbanger which is like headphones oh yeah is to drown this out yeah. When she goes into the memory, because it's like it's it's sort of like a pensive moment, like from Harry Potter, right? Where like yeah. you see a moment, uh, a memory, and you're in it, but you can't yeah, you're interact like yeah, with you're it. like interacting. You can't interfere, right. and everyone else can see it too, right? And she, like you would think, like the moment that 
she gets onto the movie set, like when she knows everyone's gonna die, she's like, "Oh my god, no! Like, stop, <laughs> stop the fucking presses! Stop. Like, I don't want to do this, besties." But lights, camera, in action. She doesn't do like, anything. I, I wonder what this could be. Like, she doesn't say that, but she doesn't say anything. And then, like, the family dies. Like, we watch it happen. Which, if yeah. if you are someone who has suffered from trauma. And you are forced to look at the thing that caused that trauma. I'm sorry, but you would be incapacitated. Um, right. So right. she's like crying and she's like, this is why yeah. I wear my headphones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ain't no way that she is going to just be like lucid enough to explain this. Oh um, my gosh. So yeah. it's supposed to be therapeutic, but it just shows their like worst memory if they don't say anything. And that's not what therapy is it's not just like being exposed to something the end um <laughs> so the next one's dylan oh god <laughs> and also it's like unclear why these particular memories like i just i wanted a little bit more like for instance what if the flashback females like they reach in and find the source of your pain like just a line like that would have been enough to sort of explain right. why we're seeing these Spoiler right. alert, Toki gets to choose what she wants to see, which indicates that these two prior characters are, like, electing to do this, but it doesn't right. seem like that. There's a there's a disconnect there, and, yeah, next to, next to Stilla, and she, she, she's so, in her store. This is so she, funny. This, this, I fucking whole, can't. This whole passage is... They're basically like, there's like a protest, smiles are the best currency, keep boo, big teak, beautiful, save our park. Like, it's like a, it's not a protest. It's like a, there's like posters and signs advertising sales and stuff. It's a scene between Dylan and her dad, but it's really unclear because Dylan's described as a little blonde girl. So, is oh. Dylan white? <laughs> is Dylan white? No, thank you. I, I text, I nearly texted you immediately after I read this because I... Like, of course, okay, if you're black, you, of course, can be blonde. But Dylan, at no point, is described as this. And it just seems like a weird thing to sort of, like, throw in. I think she was described as having, like, lavender hair. So maybe she just changes her hair often. But, like, it's definitely not the most, like, specific feature that we've had with her so far. So for Tyra to choose that, to be like, and here's clearly young version of this character wearing a totally different hair color is a little baffling. I, I, I feel like for some reason in the back of my mind, I did code Dylan as a white girl. And I don't know if we read that before, but still this moment just sort of like, it it didn't feel connected to like the Dylan that we know, not to say that she's black per se, Um, because the way that she's described us talking is like very like bad stereotypes of a black character. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I am a little bit confused about her characterization here. If she is a white girl speaking the way she is, I feel like that's also adds a layer of like problematicness to everything that she said up until this point. But I just don't know. For whatever reason, this, like, conflicted with my idea of Dylan just because of how she's been written so far and, like, the strange, like, um, dialogue that she's had and just, like, the overemphasis on, like, certain things that feel like they're supposed to be referencing, like, AAVE, but maybe aren't. It's perplexing, though. But, yeah, this is... We're meeting child Dylan. 
Yeah. And maybe Uh, she's black, maybe she's white. We don't know. What I think is that Dylan is supposed to be described as sort of like a quote-unquote trailer white person. Yes. Yeah, Um, maybe that's it. Because of the store, the things that they eat, all of those things. Like, that's how she was coded to me. But then, sort of like along the way, because of the way that she talks, I lost all of that characterization. Anyway, that's not important. Dylan's dad drops dead. Um, (laughs) Fucking out of nowhere. He's at the playground. He fucking kicks the bucket. And Dylan is forced to watch this happen. And much like Kamalini, she does not protest when she is in this moment. Maybe she doesn't remember because she was so young. But I feel like that's traumatic enough that she would have some sort of idea, even if she didn't remember from firsthand memory things that she was told as she got older. So he dies. So that is Dylan's, like, Right. And the last thing he says to her is basically, like, a, a speech about how beautiful she is, like... Because everything about you is perfect. Like, in, like, Southern, like, twang, basically, is sort of Mm. this. I think you're right about it sort of being, like, a trailer trash scenario. I mean, I guess it makes it slightly less bad. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's not the point. So, Dylan watches her dad die. We all watch Dylan's dad die. There's no point. And then it's Tookie's turn. Then it's, uh, it's Tookie. She's up. She wants to skip, of course. She doesn't want this exposure. As an audience, we should probably have, we're now at the halfway point of the book, we should probably have some indication of what Toki's going to see. And, of course, we're thinking, or at least I'm thinking, like, oh, it's going to be her being basically disowned by her family. Toki wishes to see something that um, is good, even if it's something she can't remember. So she actually controls what the flashback females um, show everybody. Right. And it's a vision of her as a... Basically as, like, a baby, I think. Yeah, it says she's a toddler, right? Like... She's two. She's two, so she's a t- toddler. Terrible twos. Yeah. Um, so she's with uh, Creamy and um, Chris. Krempe Although Krempe. Chris's face is not shown, and Tookie says it must have been Chris. But right. his face is not shown. We d- yeah, so. we don't know if it's actually him or if it's Wingtip, who I still suspect is her real father. So basically, it's a happy moment. They're, like, calling her dumpling the whole time and being so sweet. And at first, she thinks it's a miracle because they're like, there's no way that's me. But it is right. her. It's and her. it's just, like, her parents being, like, very sweet to her. And, like, Tookie's like, they did love me once. And they're put uh chris is putting her down or her father whoever it may be is yeah. putting her down for the map oh and might i add um creamy is still wrinkled oh yeah it's very specific note still still fucking ugly still fucking but wrinkled, softer. but softer she's right. softer now. whatever the fuck she's that softer. means um yeah so her dad's putting her down for a nap and when i say this made me sick it made me physically ill so her dad's putting her down for a nap he's like go to sleep my little dumpling blah 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 and then he says just go for all of us and Uh, when i tell you exactly i felt so upset at that like if you have been listening to this podcast for a while you'll know that that's like a thing that her father has said multiple times so it must be chris right it must be chris now that i think about it it has to be sure okay sure we'll assume so but you don't say that to a baby that's going to sleep just go for all of us like it makes no sense don't you just don't they're they're trying to connect these moments right and they just don't like 
the, like, I'll, I'll remind you, I'm pretty sure this happened two times before. One time when um, Chris was telling Tookie, like, get the fuck out. Like, nobody loves you. And another time you, yeah. when she gets picked for Model Land and he's like, this could be our chance to, like, have everything as a family. Just go for all of us. And now one more time putting a toddler down for a nap just go for all of us is he killing her in her sleep like that's what the fuck it sounds like it does sound like it and i get what it's trying to be it's trying to be this phrase that took is now going to connect and it's like oh this was his phrase for me it was some sort of like i don't know shorthand for an emotional connection between the two characters but it just doesn't make sense semantically in the sentence. The sentence At is literally, all. go on now, go to sleep, dumpling, just dream, just go for all of us. What does that even mean? That doesn't, like, just go what? Go to go nap for all of us? Go take a go take a dream escape? For, zero sense. It falls flat. It's clearly supposed to be very significant. And it's just tomato, tomato, tomato. Like, no. Get yeah. off the stage, Tyra. This didn't work. And then... Something else happens that makes me want to um, unalive myself, which is that out of nowhere, Tookie just starts to write a letter in the middle of the class. Where was she keeping the pen? Is she keeping she's, the pen up her butt? She's wearing she's a terry naked. cloth fucking dress. And I assume she has T-mail jail, right? Like, is this in T-mail jail? There is. There's, Maybe. there's no way. She, they, she, they just stripped her naked. She, uh, yeah, she's butt naked. She showered in the middle of air. Like, she was flown around a washing machine. She has an uncapped pink pen, and she just starts writing in Gaudian, which I forget what, like, that language is in, in Model Land. But I want to read, I, okay, I want to read the first paragraph of this letter, Go because it. it exemplifies for me, like, a really crucial misunderstanding in, like, Tyra's ability to, like, convey a character's emotion. Dear Lizzie. I wonder if you know where I am right now. If you saw them choose me to come to this special place, I wonder if you think I'm a deserter, a two-faced liar, a selfish egomaniac who ditched our friendship at the very first opportunity. I hope not. And the rest of the letter proceeds to just talk about Tookie's life, all the things that happened to her at Model N, and we'll get to that in a second. But it just feels so deeply, like, ignorant to me that she's like, hey... I know that you are, like, homeless and, like, having mental health struggles and, like, running through the streets screaming after me. Like, I hope you don't hate me and think that I'm an egomaniac. Anyhow, here's, like, everything that's been going on in my life. Like, let yeah. me just inundate you with this, like, a letter. She, I have new she friends! Had, I have new friends, right? Like, if she had an ability to write a letter this entire time, how come she didn't, like, write Lizzie to see how she's doing? It just feels so strange to immediately. me. Immediately. Why didn't she do that immediately? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the whole letter is about her. She talks about her friends. She says that everyone has um, imperfections, which she finds to give them an effervescent inner glow. So we're we're going for like an inner beauty like angle here. Oh my gosh, she she says she's becoming a stare at her girl instead of a forget a gal Goodbye. because she was stared at previously. What else? She's basically like, "Don't hate me." Oh, bravo. She's looked like at Bravo. My nose. Yeah. Looks at my nose when I was covering. I don't boogers. have. I don't have a Lumiere. <laughs> I don't have a family that misses me. And like, why she is writing this or where she's doing it, like, doesn't. It, this feels like it was just like dropped in. Yeah, the, literally. Like, end of the chapter. Literally, it says. So I'm gonna t explain to the listeners what the transition is. She sees the memory, 
and it says present day Tookie uh, squeezed her eyes shut. It's time to leave now, the flashback female said. With that, the flashback disappeared and young Tookie and her tender and loving parents were gone. Tookie uncapped a pink pen and began to write in Gaudi. <laughs> yeah, there's like no transition. That's it. That's it. it starts to we write. don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, no. The biggest, the biggest fucking mess. Um, <laughs> and so she, she says that she, yeah, she's like, I don't get my Lumiere. And then she's saying that she's, she's like, I'm without so many things. I don't have my Lumiere. I didn't have my Centura. I'm being bullied. I'm even without a family that's counting down the days until they can see me again. But tonight, you know what? I don't care because tonight I ain't half bad, which is a, basically there was a moment in a previous chapter where the eating professor said, you're not half bad. And this made Tookie glow. It's a, it's a compliment that she got. Um, and she's like, I feel good. I feel like I like get a, I, I'm excited to stay here. I'm praying that wherever you are, you ain't half bad too. She doesn't, notably does not ask, doesn't say, are you okay? She's like, I, I hope you're well. Please don't write me back. <laughs> but I do hope that you're alive. Yeah. I miss um, you, Hot Queen. I miss you, Hot Queen. <laughs> Seeing Hot Queen made me happy. That did um, then she says, good night, Lizzie, Tookie, FG, uh, question mark, forget a girl. Like, am I fi- a forget a girl anymore? <laughs> then P.S. I hope you're staying far away from shark rocks. That, sharp rocks, not shark like, rocks. Like the, like the instrument that Lizzie used to like self-harm. harm herself. Like the self-harm thing. So the extent of Tookie's concern for Lizzie is just in a postscript. And it's just simply like. It's like it's like telling like writing to like an addict friend, not showing any sort of ink, like curiosity as to how they're doing, no concern in being like, hey, right, it's like, staying away from those pills. Yeah. like it's it is such a bizarre way to sign off and to show any interest, and it she's like a psychopath. Yeah, what is that? think about if she had said like, like, hey, um, this is basically her letter. Hey, Lizzie, I hope you don't hate me. <laughs> this is all the stuff I've been going through for a page <laughs> yeah. and a half. P.S. Hope you're not overdosing on heroin. <laughs> that is what her fucking letter is. It is so bad. It's so, so bad. Um, anyway, that is the end of chapter 22. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh. All right. Rose and a thorn. You go I first. Even... I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you went first last time. Okay, so I guess my... <laughs> I don't have a rose for this. I feel like... I feel like my rose is that it was kind of interesting getting to learn a little bit more about the backstories of each of these characters because I do enjoy a supporting cast that has actual dimensions that said these people don't. And we're almost there. Like, maybe we can get a little bit more out of them. The heavy-handed nature of delivering it, simply just dragging everyone through a communal flat, like literally a communal flashback to me is so bad but whatever i'm just gonna take this for what it is or what it can be on model and standards and that is an attempt at exposition and character development so fine uh and i guess my my thorn is that was sort of a thorn already but my thorn is that sign off that postscript to me is diabolical i think it's i think it's like truly a vicious thing to say it sounds sarcastic and it really uh really like made me uncomfortable that Tookie like wrote this letter that was so like willfully like distanced from her friend's struggles because it to me I'm like does Tyra think like this does Tyra find that tender did she find that beautiful because it felt the opposite to me so that's my thorn yeah I don't want to be Tyra's BFF so I, <laughs> I guess my rose and my 
Thorne are both contained within the same section, which is like the flashback. Like it was nice to see like something good from Tookie's life and people being like genuinely like loving towards her. I thought that was like sweet, even if like the whole mechanics behind the memory and like why she got to see a happy one when her two friends were like sobbing on the floor traumatized. <laughs> um, yes. I didn't like that. But the fact that, like, Tookie got to see herself as, like, a young, uh, like, a baby being loved, I think was sweet. That's nice. Um, That's nice. My thorn is just go for all of us. Like, I would like all of everyone, every character in this book to die after that moment. Like, <laughs> that made me so mad. Like, there is nothing worse than when something is supposed to be deep and it's actually yeah. so incredibly cringe. Yeah. And the fact that this keeps happening is just so bad. And, like, I just know... Tyra was writing this in her suspenders, like, <gasps> ooh, like, I got so, goosebumps. Congratulating herself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you're right. And actually, I, I have to change my rose. I have one rose that is a rose, and it's that Tookie took a shower. Oh, yes. That's it. That's all I think. I agree. That Go on, girly. Thank to fucking you. take a shower. Like, the relief it, it was I time. felt. It was time, and it was violent and um, accosting, but at least it happened. So I think I suspect it's the last shower she'll take for, you know, we're, this is the halfway part of the book. Yeah, we're halfway. We're halfway through. Um, the next chapter, just to give you guys a preview, it's chapter 23, and it's called The Diabolical Divide. So <gasps> things Some are shit's happening. about to go down. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> That is the end of chapter 22. Thank you, Hot Queens, for making it all the way with us. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to encourage you to support your hosts of the Bad Author Book Club. Find our books, pre-order The Honeys by me, Witchlings by Clarabelle. Those are our 2022 releases. And support the podcast. Find us on on Anchor, on Spotify, wherever you listen and like and review and, you know, do all the things that we we need you to do so we can expand our Bad Author Book Club. And uh, when you're done with all of that, come to Discord, say hi to us. That's where we hang out and chat about this book. And that link for Discord is in the show notes. If you want to follow us on social media, our Twitter is Bad Author Pod. Our Instagram is Bad Author Book Club. Our website is badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com. And all of our episodes are up on Anchor and Spotify and Apple Music. Our Anchor site is anchor.fm slash badauthorbookclub. My social media is the Ryan Lasala, spelled L-A-S-A-L-A, on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you'd like to follow me online, uh, my Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok is at Clarabelle underscore Ortega. And my website is ClarabelleOrtega.com. Yay! All right. Halfway through, we've got another half of this book to go. (laughs) My God. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, Help us. Thanks for everyone who's stuck by us this long but you know i feel like we we will finish this book in this year at which means we'll get to another bad author book club read which is really exciting and we know what we're reading next can't wait to share that with you all oh but um in the meantime stay safe and we'll see you next week hot queens kisses <laughs> judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.